When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Raider Nation? Matt Holder from Silver and Black Pride here. It's Friday, so we've got our news and mailbag podcast. And as a reminder, to have your questions answered on a future show, either tweet them at me, adamholder95, or email them to sbpquestions1 at gmail.com, adamholder95 on Twitter, or sbpquestions1 at gmail.com via email. The Raiders are in the middle of voluntary OTAs, so we have a few things to talk about during the NFL's dead period, so let's get to it. Speaking of OTAs, new head coach Josh McDaniels has been speaking to the media and gave us some pretty interesting quotes on the backup quarterback paddle. On the recently acquired Jared Siddham, who played for McDaniels in New England and is the logical favorite to win the backup job, McDaniels wasn't exactly hyping him up, saying, Anytime you change teams and go somewhere where you're you're familiar with, you can kind of skip a step or two. And Jared is coming into a place where he knows the terminology, which is a good thing. It doesn't mean the performance is always going to be exactly what it needs to be, though. However, McDaniels did sing some praises for undrafted free agent Chase Garbers. I mean, that young kid that came after the draft, Chase, is working his butt off. It's just a lot of stuff. In college football, there's a lot of stuff we asked him to do that they don't necessarily do a lot of. So he's poured himself into it. He's grinding every day, makes some mistakes, tries to learn from them. The Raiders head coach didn't have much to say about Nick Mullins, the third horse in the backup quarterback race, but Mullins has plenty of experience, so it sounds like the QB2 spot is wide open as of right now. As I mentioned at the top of the show, we finally reached June, which not only means the Raiders are in the full swing of their offseason program, but they also got some cap relief with Corey Littleton's and Carl Nassib's contracts coming off the books. That puts the silver and black at $22.5 million in cap space for this season, which is the third most in the league. Now, there are a few ways that Dave Ziegler could use that money. He could use it to help extend guys like Hunter Renfro and or Darren Waller, which to me is Ziegler's most logical option, but he could also try and add a new player or two and bring in another potential starting right tackle and or some more veteran secondary help. The third option at Ziegler's disposal is to actually do nothing. If he doesn't want to spend the money this year, the Raiders could roll over some of that money over into next year's cap, which would be helpful since Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones contracts have big hypes in cap space next season. I wouldn't put too much weight into this, but there were a few notable absences from OTAs on Thursday. Offensively, running backs Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs, center Andre James, and guard Denzel Good did not participate, according to the Athletics' Tashawn Reed. Defensively, corners with Darius Phillips and Trayvon Mullen set out, along with defensive tackles Jonathan Hankins, Neil Farrell Jr., Vernon Butler, and Andrew Billings. Again, I wouldn't put too much weight into this since we are early in the offseason and some guys will be held out of practice if they're just sore, but one interesting note from Reed was that Hironis Grasso was taking reps at center with James's absence instead of rookie Dylan Parnum. That also couldn't mean much as the coaching staff might not want to overwhelm the rookie right now, but they have been pretty adamant that Parnum will get some reps at center, and it's interesting that they didn't give him the opportunity to get more work there without the projected starter on the field. A quick Colin Kaepernick update for you guys. As I mentioned last week, Cap's workout with the Raiders reportedly went well, but ESPN's Jeremy Fowler later reported that no deal is imminent at this time. 
So it sounds like the coaching staff is going to stick with the backup QBs they have on the roster right now, and we probably won't hear anything about Kaepernick signing with the Raiders until after this wave of OTAs is over, and even after then, it still might be a long shot. As I'm sure you all know and remember, legendary Raiders coach and football icon John Madden passed away last December. This led to some speculation that he might grace the cover of this year's edition of Madden, and I'm happy to announce that EA Sports finally got something right and put the big man's mug on the cover. The artwork pays homage to the first cover of the video game series with Madden bursting through a chalkboard with a more modernized version of the image. I tell you what, it's been a while since I bought Madden, but I might have to bite the bullet and buy this one just for the artwork alone. Well done EA, well done. A few Devontae Adams updates for you. PFF has been releasing their top players at each position and recently dropped their top wide receivers and slated Adams as the number one wideout in the NFL. The former Green Bay Packers at the top of his game as he makes the move to the Las Vegas Raiders, PFF's Anthony Teresh wrote. Adams earned a career-high 92.7 PFF grade in 2021 and his second consecutive mark above 92.0. He also generated 1.43 PFF wins above replacement or war since 2020, the most by a wide receiver over that span by more than a quarter of a win. Derek Carr's brother David went on the Rich Eisen show and talked about his brother's friend and revealed that Adams has been trying to get traded to the Silver and Black for a while now. They've tried to make this happen for five years now, David said. A couple of years ago, they were really close to making that happen. While talking about the Raiders' acquisition, the elder Carr stated, It was almost surreal. I was actually sitting on the set at NFL Network when it went through. It never really happens that you absolutely get to pull something off like this, where the guys that have known each other since they were teenagers teenagers get to play together, and obviously have gotten to the point where they've gotten in their careers and now find themselves back together. Devontae came to Fresno State and visited there, visited there and basically signed because of Derek. From the moment they met on his recruiting trip, they hit it off. They just have a unique bond and they're best friends. David would go on to say that Adams bought a house next to Derek's in the Bay Area and they've been training together in the offseason for several years and that Derek has always compared other wide receivers to Adams, saying things like so-and-so does this like Devontae. And I don't know about you guys, but this fires me up even more for the season. Some Darren Waller news that's technically not about Waller, but Browns tight end David Njoku got paid this weekend. Ninjoku got a four-year, $56.75 million deal that puts him at $14.1 million per year and the fourth highest paid player at his position. That also drives up the market for Waller, who is currently the 17th highest paid tight end on a dollar per year basis. I got the chance to interview Waller and ask him about the contract situation, specifically being paid like a middle-of-the-road starter, and he mentioned that he would like a new contract, but was pretty adamant about not caring too much about exactly where he ranks on the pay scale. The full interview is on our podcast feed, so make sure to check that out as I asked Waller about his days at Georgia Tech and found out he has a tattoo of Winston Churchill. Alright, before we move on to questions, I want to turn it around on you guys this week. I wrote an article that's up on the website about potential starting offensive line combinations if Alex Leatherwood sticks at right tackle, and here's what I want you guys to do. I'm going to list off the combos I came up with, and I want you guys to sound off in the comment section with which ones you like best and why, and I'll read some of your responses on the next episode. Or, if you think I'm an idiot and you have a better combo, tell me about how dumb I am, list your combo, and why. Just know that mine are better. Without further ado, here are the ones I came up with. First, Colton Miller at left tackle, left guard John Simpson, center Andre James, right guard Denzel Good and Alex Leatherwood at right tackle. Number two, Miller at left tackle, 
good at left guard, Andre James center, Dylan Parnum right guard, and Brandon Parker at right tackle. Three, Miller of course at left tackle, left guard Dylan Parnum, center Andre James, Jermaine Illuminor right guard, Denzel Good at right tackle. Miller, left tackle for number four, John Simpson, left guard, Andre James, center, Denzel Good, right guard, and right tackle, Jermaine Illuminor. Number five, Miller, of course, at left tackle, Jermaine Illuminor, left guard, Andre James, center, Dylan Parnum, right guard, and right tackle, Brandon Parker. And last, number six, Miller at left tackle, Parnum at left guard, James at center, Simpson at right guard, and finally, Alex Leatherwood at right tackle. All right, questions time. We were a little light this week, which is understandable this time of the year, but let's try and get some more questions moving forward. Challenge me a little bit and give me some of your tough tough questions for next time. Also, as a reminder, tweet your questions at me, at mholder95, or email them to sbpquestions1 at gmail.com. First up, how are the safeties looking? So I'll preface this by saying, guys, I'm not at practice every day. I don't live out in Vegas, so I do want to get that out in the open. So I don't have a, a first-hand look for you, but what could I can say from what I've seen is I actually saw something pretty interesting with the safety position. I saw Jonathan Abram was taking some looks and some too high coverages as a deep safety, which is obviously different than his role last year where he was playing in the box. Now I know Graham likes to move his defense around a lot, and he'll roll his safeties quite a bit, and often what times what you see in the pre-snap look won't be what you see post-snap. But it is interesting because obviously if they're putting him back there, I think that does mean they have some plans or at least going to give him a chance to play some uh, some deep safety. Again, I don't think he'll still probably little play a little bit more closer to the line of scrimmage in that role that he thrived in last year. But it is interesting that they're giving him a shot there because, you know, we did see uh, the bad Jonathan Mabram when he was back, back there. But that is a good sign to see. I think, uh, you know, obviously seeing his progression is going to be great. And if they can convert him or they can find, somehow find a way to, to get him to at least you know honor his coverage responsibilities back there, that's all the better because that gives him a little bit more room and a little bit more momentum to go lay those big hits on receivers. So hopefully we'll get to see a little bit more of uh, Jonathan Abrams' growth, growth in the next few weeks. Next, with the extra cap space the Raiders got, are there any free agents you think the Raiders should go after? As a reminder, the Raiders got a little bit of boost in cap space with the uh, post-June 1st designations, so they do have a little bit more money to spend. You know, I will say, I was asked something similar on uh, the Raider Nation radio with Q, with your boy Q the other day, and talked about this a little bit. You know, I think for me, the DB market is a little dry, DB market, excuse me, is a little bit dry, so I don't think they're going to go that route. But a couple of offensive tackles that I'd like to see the Raiders maybe bring in, I think they'll be a little bit cheaper and be able to at least kick the tires and see if they can compete for a starting spot. You know, who knows if they'll end up even making the roster. But the first one would be Daryl Williams out of uh, Buffalo. He's a guy that's started at right tackle, actually started at guard as well. And I think he can be a guy that, again, can come in and compete. And hey, at this point, the Raiders don't have a, a firm right tackle anywhere on their roster. So why not bring him in? And the extra, the other guy is going to be Riley Reef. Another guy who's a little bit older and coming off an injury, so there might be a little bit more under the, uh, under the surface that I don't know about or we don't know about right now where maybe he's not exactly healthy because I know he did get injured late in last year. I believe he's like 33 or something like that. But the guy actually ended up making the t- transition to right tackle fairly successfully last year. So that's something that I like about him. And the last guy, I'm going to go with a little bit of a wild card. I know I caught some flack on this for Twitter after saying it on Raider Nation Radio, 
But I'm going to go with Will Fuller. He's a guy, like again, I've talked about this a little bit on the Raiders uh, offense. If I can look at the receiving core, one thing that I really think they are missing is that guy that can really stretch the field. Um, and right now, the only guy that they have on the roster that I can really do that or that can do that to my liking would be a guy like Tyron Johnson, who we obviously don't know a whole lot about. Will Fuller had some health concerns in the past, but he'd come in being the fourth option. So even if he does miss games, it's not terrible. That's not a terrible impact. And again, the guy can fly when he is healthy. So I'd really like to see that added to the Raiders offense. But those would probably be my three guys that I'd like to target. I'd like to see at least them kick the tires are. Daryl Williams, Riley Reef, and Will Fuller. That'll do it for this week's show. One quick note about next week. I'm going to be out of town, so unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to put out an episode for you guys. But hey, maybe that'll give you some time, guys some time to think of some more good questions for me. And as always, make sure you're following Silver and Black Pride. Follow me on Twitter, at mholder95. Please rate, review, subscribe, and download wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, guys.